Welcome to the Exchange for the Exchange podcast, where we exchange ideas about current events, pop culture, and theology. And we are on air, boys. Okay. You are live. For the record, Josh Pinnell is laughing. Nikolai Carpathia. (laughs) So gentle. Wow. I don't even know what Alex is going to say at this point. Welcome to the Exchange podcast. It's good to be with you all again. I'm your host, Alex Turkmani, joined as always by my esteemed co-hosts, Daniel Lopez and Josh Pinnell. How you guys doing? Dan, how you doing, buddy? I'm fantastic. Great morning so far. Had two donuts. Got to um, hang out with Josh and Lily this morning a little bit, so it's been great. All right, all right. I see we're starting off with a dig at me, being a little late. Okay. <laughs> right. No, I see how it is. I see how it is. All right. And what kind of donuts did you have, buddy? Oh, man. Boston, Boston cream filled and raspberry filled. Ooh. Two filled donuts? Mm-hmm. A man doesn't settle, Alex. You have the palate. You have a steel palate, my friend. You have a steel yes. palate. Thank you. You're welcome. Josh, how you doing? Just living the dream, man. Oh, Just man. So uh, what that looked like today... Uh, and doing a little reading for school because spring's coming up. Got to hang out with my daughter a little bit this morning and Daniel. Boys, we have a an episode that is chock full, I might say. <laughs> Jam-packed. <laughs> Busting at the scene. <laughs> um, so we need to get, we need to get cracking here. Uh, first on the agenda, uh, it is January 5th. Wow. 2017. And I kind of sounded like the briefing there a little bit, which means that this is our first podcast in this year. Boys, I want to broach the topic of New Year's resolutions a little bit. Um, the first the first way I want to broach this topic is by asking, what do you guys think about the philosophy of making New Year's resolutions? Josh, why don't you go first? Yeah, I think I think the idea of having just kind of like re uh, reassessing who you are, looking at how you need to improve yourself is a good thing. And I think you know the start of the year is a good time to do it. Dan, any thoughts? I mean, the New Year's resolution is a popular joke in kind of like American mythology because so many people don't keep them, you know. So it really shows – I think it shows something about making life decisions that, one, they have to be made in a serious context. New Year's Eve is really more of a party than a serious context. And, two, it has to be within a community that knows about your decisions and that's willing to support you through them. And it sounds like I'm talking about church, but, you know, I'm not against them. I think they're great just – I think that's why they don't work most of the time. Uh, I think, yeah, I'm tracking with you there, Daniel. But I think, like, the answer to that, that like, New Year's, the answer to New Year's resolutions, like, pe- people are more aware at the end of January of their inability to change themselves than at any other time of year. It's and it's, it's, a, it's an excellent opportunity for the gospel, I think, where hmm. uh, it's just it's just a living illustration of your inability to um, make yourself better. 
your inability to uh, take what you hate about yourself and change it and shows you your need for Christ. And so even in that sense, I think it's kind of cool that we have that once a year as a country or as a society. Yeah, definitely. Um, all right. Have you guys made any New Year's resolutions? Dan, have you made any that, that you're willing to share, I should say? <laughs> no. <laughs> no. <laughs> So that's a note. Josh, how about you, buddy? Any that you made that you're willing to share? Uh, I don't know if I, I – I, I don't think I've sat down and made any official New Year's resolutions. Yeah. Yeah. Me neither. I haven't. I've, I've just – I just kind of come to the end of it, and I'm like, what should I change about this? You know, if it's a winning formula, don't tamper, right? No. I'll be honest. Like, I, <clears throat> like it, I feel really burnt out by holidays, I think. Yeah. It just like there's literally a holiday every month, and so just eventually becomes white noise for me anyway. And New Year, it just I just woke up the next day, nothing changed, you know. Just I just I calendar's different, but I mean I'm not even changing calendars up anymore. It's all digital now, and it doesn't feel any any different. Nothing special. Yeah. Yeah, man. I know. I know what you're saying. Um... Yeah, I think the reason why I didn't really make any was because, like, I'm a product of failed New Year's resolutions. I kind of, like, look at this, you know? You sound like Eeyore from Winnie the Pooh right now. (laughs) (laughs) Never works out for me. But, no. Um, So, I'm like, you know what? I got goals, but, like, I'm just going to kind of see what happens. And I know that's the best way. (laughs) To, to succeed is to not plan for anything. <laughs> so, you know, I'm just kind of taking the strategy and see how it goes. Yeah. Um, well, honestly, for me, the the most pressing time of the year that I make those decisions is always after summer before fall. Hmm. Like that two-week period in September where you start to realize, man, it's almost the end of the year, and I had all these things I wanted to accomplish with my life. <clears throat> But also the goals that I have for my life are very long term, like where I want to be when I'm 30, 35, like, you know, what what kind of character, character things I want to change about myself. And there, I've always had a very long term view of that versus like, oh, by this time next year, I'll be this person. You know? Oh, I know, man. I don't know why that time of year really, really gets to me. We think so differently, man. I have no idea. Five years down the road, like no idea at all. Yeah, but you you already have like like your your family's kind of established. You already have like a full time ministry job. Like you're in just a different stage of life. You know, you're you're just really content with where you are. At least it seems like for me and Daniel, it's like we're still we're still planning, trying to figure out careerless. Yeah, like how are, how are we going to do what we want to do with life? Because we're not there yet. That's true. Well, I, I kind of felt the same way in Northland, though. I was just kind of like, whatever. <laughs> so it comes down to being your personality. Got it. That's what I'm saying. Like, I don't plan. It all. It always works out for me. So no. that's wonderful. Um, I mean, that's why I would say that you're Jim from The Office, man. Thanks. I, that's the bit. That's the best compliment I've ever received. I've always thought you, you and Carly were like Jim and Pam. Dude, that you have no idea what that means to me. Like, you have no idea what that means to me. Dude, you're welcome. That is. Okay, so if if Alex is Jim, what does that make? 
Dan, who who would Daniel be and who would I be? I think I think Daniel is. Uh, I'm gonna be honest here. I think Daniel is most like Ryan. No. There's you no way. Ryan? Okay, okay. He's either Ryan or Andy. I'm definitely Andy, dude. Hands down. Not like him, but com- why do you say I'm like Ryan though? Your fashion sense is like Ryan, and your no. interest in your interest in like indie stuff. Like it's not like Ryan, like season one through three, or like season even season four. It's like Ryan season like six. You know He's when he kind of got bad, and he was just kind of like, "I am who I am." And his closet was in that office, or his office was in that closet, and like he was just kind of like. It is what it is, you know. No, but I, I disagree. I actually disagree with that. But like, but his fashion mm-hmm. says I can kind of see it, and like his maybe his like temperament a little bit. But I would definitely say that Daniel is more like Andy, and mm-hmm. but like not like the stupid goofy Andy. Like the I don't know, man. It's I don't know if he's like Andy very much either. I think I'm a hodgepodge of like Daryl and Andy. Like if you mix the two you of them, a lot like I think Darryl. that's where I'm at. You're a lot like Daryl. Yeah, yeah, like Daryl's kind of like, like he's kind of like he's an idiot, but he still really enjoys to think through things. Dude, I think I really like him in that way. You know, Darryl, I, mean? I think you nailed it, man. Yeah, and even Daryl's progression, like, I don't know, like. He kind of went through this like immature state at the beginning where he was like, I don't really care about anything. Yeah, became one of the most like driven people in the whole like the whole show at the end. Well, I, I hope to achieve that. Yeah, and I'm um, not going to say which one I think you're in right now. So. <laughs> There's a spectrum, man. There's a spectrum. No, yeah, Josh is also very hard to tag. Dude, I'm trying to think, man. Josh is like Michael Scott and Gabe. Oh, don't say Gabe. Yeah, because Josh is very particular. Like, Gabe is very particular. But Josh is also, like, very driven, like Michael, but he doesn't take himself too seriously. <laughs> There's no redeeming quality about Gabe. Like, like, not, one. not one. I mean, think why he's so good at his job. He pays attention not, to the though. details, man. No, no, Gabe's not good at his job because he won't stand up to what's her face from Tallahassee. Like he's just kind of <laughs> kind of a what? Girl from Tallahassee, dude. I'm not Gabe. Funny. No, I said you were. You had some of Gabe's qualities, like being skinny. That's about it. No, I'm trying to think, man. Sorry, man. Didn't mean to cause offense, but you did hurt me with that, Ryan. So, dude. Okay, that. you're kind of like Oscar. Okay. Huh. Very level-headed, very down-to-earth. That's true. You bring things like full. You bring things to center a lot. Um. Yeah, I can. I can take Oscar. I can take Oscar. Yeah, I think you're a lot like Oscar. That's okay. true. I'm happy with him. Um, dude, Gabe, Gabe in the office, man. <laughs> that guy. <laughs> There's this one scene in one of the in one of the later episodes where. Um, Todd Packer throws up on Gabe because <laughs> he's drunk at the bar, and he throws up. He throws up on Gabe, and Gabe goes, "Oh, 
<laughs> they don't make these cords in boot cut anymore. <laughs> Dude. Storms <laughs> out. And he's so skinny that boot cut cords look so bad on him. Like, he's so skinny that the pant leg openings are way too Yeah, big. Josh is not like that. You know, this is one of my favorite Gabe moments is when he was dating Aaron and they're trying to decide what movie they're going to watch. And like Gabe is all into like these uh, horror movies. like every night. And Aaron's like getting terrified every night because of these like slasher horror movies. And uh, Aaron just wants to watch Wally with him. And, and Gabe is just like, okay, Aaron, I made a compromise. I want to watch Wally, and I want to watch a scary movie. So here's our compromise. He like holds up this DVD of like this robot slasher movie, (laughs) and Aaron's like, "Oh, I I kind of just want to watch Wally." (laughs) Yeah, guys, what were we what were we talking about before we got on this rabbit trail? Let me let me bring it. We're talking about New Year's resolutions. Did I, did I mention The Office? I can't remember. I don't. I have no clue how we got there, guys. <laughs> You'll figure it out when you edit it, I guess. All right, boys, we need to come back. We need to bring it back. This that is that was that was free, with the price of admission, folks. That that discussion on The Office. Um, let's uh, let's get into let's get into the second topic. Uh, first was New Year's resolutions. Let's get into the second topic. Um, this is this is a carryover. This is a carryover from previous episode. The discussion of should Christians, how should Christians view censorship and and relate to trigger warnings? Let's go to Josh on this one, Josh. When you censor something, you cheat the artist out of viewing his material. Uh, you're you're recreating the artist's art into your own art, and at that point, you're no longer watching what he created. You're watching what you've created. Okay, so then, Josh, why don't you bring up your your question concerning this uh that you kind of broached last week yeah so here's my question um because it seems like censor censorship can be kind of arbitrary this offends me so i'm not going to watch it what objection can you raise against like safe zones and trigger warnings for something that you wouldn't find offensive or would even find someone finding those things offensive kind of silly and childish dan you have any thoughts on this i think trigger warnings Produce a very unhealthy form of education because what you're doing is you're teaching people and Christians do the same thing. And maybe this is where Josh is saying that the irony lies, you know, oh, this is objectionable to what you may like or believe. So you shouldn't be exposed to it. Right. I think that the mission of Christ breaks through that because Christ interacts with people and things that he doesn't agree with most drastically sinful people you know eating with with matthew was a pretty big deal he you know today a very conservative christian would not have eaten with a guy like matthew good thoughts man my 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 response to this is you have to define terms and and define arenas okay so Trigger warnings, unlike a vidangel type of censorship, are telling the author to do something for the reader. Whereas, or safe spaces are telling the school to do something for the students, okay? Whereas vidangel type censorship of art is the consumer 
doing something for themselves. No. Oh, man, no, it's not. No. No, no. And no. Let me move this farther. In the privacy of your own home, that's different. Trigger warnings are public forced censorship. Okay, let, let me set some up for you, okay? Let me set, let's, let me set some up for you. You 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 pop open VidAngel comes up and it says you can you can here are the things that are in this film, okay you can get rid of this and this and this and this okay, right. and you choose what you want to get rid of and you watch your own version of it. Now trigger warnings, okay. Professor stands up at the beginning of class and says, "Here are the kinds of things that are going to be in this lecture. You can choose to stay or not." They leave. They stay. They're consuming what they want to consume. Same thing with VidAngel. It's a warning beforehand saying this is the content you're about to experience. Choose whether or not you want to experience it. And you can experience an edited version of it if you want to, if you don't want to be confronted with these things you don't like. Trigger warnings aren't taking away from from the from the presentation. You know, oh, yeah, because you're being... Trigger conf- warnings are just, you know, it's just if you don't want to see it, you know, you don't have to be here. And I think that that's the same attitude that that Josh is saying that he would take with the movie. If the movie says, here's what's in it, and he doesn't want to see it, he's not going to cut it out. He's just not going to watch it. Here's the here's where I'm still sticking at, and maybe you guys can help me through it. If I was in a class, okay, and they put a movie in, and there, and something came on the screen that I didn't want to see, I wouldn't get offended by that. I would either like look away or whatever. I wouldn't project it upon myself and say like, I should have been warned. I should have been taken care of here. I should have been provided for. I should have been catered to. I sh- I wouldn't, I, you teacher failed me by not helping me not see this. Okay. There's a certain level of selfishness that go into trigger warnings. I think that you're, you're looking to other, and this is kind of what I got at. I was trying to get at when I was, when I was booed, like, like, my <laughs> all right. And I'm going to rise above it. All right. I'm going to rise above it. There's a certain level of you do this for me that, that does not exist with VidAngel. That's VidAngel. the same as VidAngel, Alex. No, it's not. It's dude. even worse with VidAngel. No, it's not. VidAngel is like, I'm doing this myself. VidAngel is a step further. You're not no. doing it yourself. You're paying VidAngel to do it. No, but I'm, I'm saying I want to see this content, this content, this content, and not this stuff. That's what I, I'm saying that myself. Trigger warning. That's even more are, self-involved. What? That's even more self-involved than no, saying I'm just not going to be there. No, but it's me doing it for myself and not expecting others to do it for me. I'm, I'm picking in my own home what I want to watch. And I'm the one that's picking and choosing and filtering all this stuff. Right, but first, VidAngel said, here's what's in this movie. Just like the teacher, yeah, but, just like the teacher says, first, here's what's in this lecture. So but, they're offering, but they're offering it, and I'm paying them for it. That's, that's the difference. I'm not – no one's paying the teacher okay. to offer warnings. See, that's the difference in the conversation. We're talking about the public arena and the private arena. That's what I've been saying. That's what I've been saying. But they're – they but they overlap, Alex. I haven't seen the overlap yet. They overlap. But hey, let's be honest. You know what trigger warnings I would have appreciated? Hey, today in class I'm gonna to talk about my life experiences that has nothing to do with what you're paying for. 
if you want to leave, go ahead and leave. Those would have made a difference, a world of difference. There is a lot to be said for that. That's that. That might be a whole other a whole other topic. <laughs> Trigger warnings. Is, uh, we should have heard. Should should college classes be attended? Should they be required attendance? No. No. If the if That's the teacher true. if the teacher isn't doesn't have a class structured in such a way that the students have to attend or want to attend, like have to attend in order to get a good grade, I mean, or if they don't want to attend, like I think there was one class in college that Daniel skipped like eight lectures for or something like that because of different reasons, like he was sick or he had music or whatever, got an A on the final exam, right? But at the end of the class, he got like a C because he got penalized from. Yeah. No, that, that's ridiculous. All right, boys. Well, speaking of speaking of objectionable content, um, our next topic is Christian movies, and um, there is a trailer. It, it's called Finding Normal. It's a new movie by Pure Flix. We are in for a treat. We are in for a treat. That ha- oh, have you guys watched this trailer? I waited. You did not watch it. I waited. Oh, okay. Raw. Raw. I want to watch it again, also. Well, how can we do this? We can all watch it, dude. I don't know, man. I don't know what we're gonna do. <laughs> on the count of all right, what is we're gonna do? on the count of three, we will hit play. Three, two, one. I really wish you were here. You know how much money we're losing from the patients you're not treating. Okay, first comment. How much money we're losing from the patients you're not seeing? I love you too. Hello? You have more than Can we just settle this right here? You have got quite a sense of humor for someone's going to jail. Dude, okay. The, <laughs> the dichotomy between big city person. Can I just pay for this ticket right here? Okay, can I just can I just money my way out of this? And the hick cop, you're not from around here, are you? <laughs> like, okay, one-dimensional characters. All right, <clears throat> let's keep going. Battle this right here. You have got quite a sense of humor for someone's going to jail. How am I going to jail? Evan twenty-three parking tickets, Miss Lee. Pause. You do not go to jail for parking tickets. Even if you have 23. I think you would if you had 23. No. You would not just go to jail. Like, that's not how it works. First of all, no cop can ever say you're going to jail. (laughs) Yeah, no. That's not how it works. That's not how it works. All right, I don't know my rights. You don't. You do not. All right, three, two, one, play. Parking tickets, Miss Lee. Doctor. No. I feel fine. That's one of the worst jokes in the universe. What was but, it? So, so like he says, uh, Miss, whatever her last name is, and she responds, Doctor, because she's a doctor. The yeah. cop responds, No, I'm fine. <laughs> <laughs> like it was so, it was so abrupt that it was hard to even get the joke. Yeah, dude, the country people, man, they're stupid. Okay. Wow, Alex, you can't say that on air, man. No, but you know who loves no, that's that? What the movie's saying that's what the movie's. Oh. Saying. I'm not saying that. Oh yeah, but you know who loves that? It's country people. Yeah, country the, people. <laughs> the simple folk out here. Country people love laughing at stupid country people. Yeah, but yeah. they're the same thing. They are that person. They know they are. They know they are. We're just simple folk. I don't. I don't, 
You got to run that by me. I'm just a simple fool. But here's the thing. I'm not saying that. That's what the movie is saying. That's what the movie is saying. City people are greedy and don't have enough time for anything. And country people are stupid. They don't catch jokes. They don't do any of this stuff. Which is just not true. Shouldn't you be wearing a robe or something? The state requires $500 for speed. In lieu of fine, the court orders 16 hours community service. You can't do that. Sure I can. I just did. Wrap my gavel and everything. Okay, you can't... You can't, like, in, just decide that she can't pay the fine and has to do these things. Like, the Also, ju- can we talk about how the judge is wearing a t-shirt? <laughs> Sorry, not a t-shirt. He's wearing a collared shirt with slacks, yeah. and they're, like... And, like, her lawyer is not present. They're not in court. Yeah. It's just the three of them in a room. You know why? You know why? You know what they're doing? They're doing... Because... Uh, Christians want the Andy Griffith show back. The Andy Griffith show where the sheriff is the judge and he just hits the gavel and it, it's all said and done. You don't, and like they, for some reason, they like that, even though it's completely unjust. Yeah, and inaccurate. Um, well, maybe it was accurate back then. I don't know. Anyway, uh, three, two, one, play. It's community service. You can't do that. Sure, I can. I just did. Wrap my gavel and everything. Oh my gosh! Wrap <laughs> <laughs> my gavel and everything. My gavel and everything. Dude, I'm Christian, who, what Christian who wants uh, a king who rules injustice to ever have a protagonist who says that? That's what I want to know. Well, is the judge the protagonist? Oh wait. Wait, what? Of course. Oh, yeah, sorry, no, no, no. Yeah. Okay, sorry. Maybe not the protagonist, the good guy. Like, the judge is the yeah. good guy in this situation. I am trapped in Mayberry. Do you have any egg substitutions? Sure. Oatmeal, farina, cold cereal. Oh, we got toast, too. Excuse me. May have better luck over that corner. Forgive me if I didn't fall for the $5 charm, $10 smile. Dude, the accents are too much, man. You may have better luck over there in that corner. Do you like it being normal? It's different. Different is a bad misleading. It's just different. Wow. Can I just Wait, say okay, that's exactly what Forrest Gump would say? I, I'm telling you, man. Different it's ain't bad. Awful. It's just different. It ain't bad. It's, it's just... stupid does. And why are they? Why are all the main characters all having dinner together? Like, why is that happening? Like, Dude, because this is like... It's because this is like small town, which, like... Their audience, who is the conservative Southern Christian, loves small town hick, and everyone like the prisoner eats dinner with the sheriff and who is the judge and things like like oh my gosh, it's just a recreation of the Andy Griffith show, man. That's all they're trying to do. Where Dango? We lost. We lost. We don't lost Daniel. They well, Dan's gone. <laughs> it's not bad. It's just different that Daniel's not here. Oh, hello, Daniel. Hey, I missed you <laughs> like a June bug on a summer's night. Hell, man. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and it was not peas and carrots again. Dude, I love the judge, man. Look at his flannel shirt. All right, three, two, one, play. What time's my first appointment? So did you get there? I'm doing house calls. Now they're forcing her to work. 
Where do we begin? Chester needs his injection, and I can't bear to give it to him. Before Doc examines me, we always begin with a prayer. The last patient asked me to pray for her. I'm a doctor. I heal people. I guess I just always thought that when patients pray to be healed, God will listen. It's okay to ask a pagan to pray for you. <laughs> Force them to pray for you. That's okay. Because they're serving, they're serving their time. Yeah, but you're paying for that time, so... Just saying. Yeah, you can't force them to pray. They, you can't force them to do anything. Of course you can. You think Nikolai Carpathia would ever hesitate? There's <laughs> a leader. If, if it's good, if it's good, if it's a good thing for her to pray, then we can make her do it. Yeah. Right. But but if there but if she was being forced by someone to make a gay wedding cake, bad. Make her pray, <laughs> good. <laughs> If we do our part, God will do his part. Okay. Oh! (laughs) Bad theology. Wow. Our part, God, he'll do his part. Bad theology. That's like holding God at gunpoint. Like, you yeah. better do your part, because I planted the seed, you better water the land, man. Yeah. Who? That's terrible. Yeah, yeah, it's bad. I'm flabbergasted. So I don't even want to watch the rest of this video. I'm very offended. Oh, we're it's watching crazy. the rest of it. I, I wish I wish you had told me that that content, that was going to be bad content, uh, bad theology content. I'm, man, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, this, this video is convincing me that trigger warnings are necessary. The power Three. of film, boys. And I love their name, Pure Flicks. Like they're playing, they're riffing off Netflix, but pure like Flicks for pure chicks, dude. Amen. All right, three, two, one, play. I saved a little girl's life today. Basically, something you did about once per shift back in LA, right? No, this time it, it was different. So, no, how come you don't have a ring on your finger? He hasn't asked. How long you two been together? Five years. Five years. Now the guy asked you about you too. Okay, hold on, pause. How are they just keeping her in this town? Dude, no, she's there by her own will now. Like, I think, I think that's kind of the character arc here is that before she was being forced to be there, and then all of a sudden she realizes that she loves the simple life and she loves Jesus. Yeah. That's that's As like this work in her life. The lines are certainly I have, on her having to be there and her wanting to be there, but like, how do they keep her there in the beginning? Like, they can't force you to stay in a town unless you're in prison. I mean, it's kind of like. Dude, no, no. I'll tell you how. I'll tell you how right now. I'll tell you how right now, Alex, because I've seen this movie so many times. There's no cell phone service. <laughs> the next town is 50 miles away, and she doesn't have a car, and there's coyotes in the desert. Dude, That's okay. That's how they do it. All right. Let's finish this trailer, and then I, I'm going to blow your guys' mind. All right. Three, two, one, play. <laughs> oh, right. This is so beautiful. I just want a nice life. Is that so bad? The father sometimes works in not so mysterious ways. The twist about God that you never knew. You know, you always hear that he works in mysterious ways. Sometimes he doesn't work in mysterious ways. <laughs> oh my gosh, it's so true. It's so true. I believe the promises. Ones that last. Ones we make to God. And ones we make to each other. I just hope when you look back on your time here, you'll think of us fondly. I think I got a glimpse of the way God wants my life to be. Oh! 
Okay, that what were you going to say? Wow. How does, God, how does God want her life to be? God, God wants you life. to live in a small American town, taking care of people, smiling, adapting to a southern accent, and believing that if you do your best for him, he'll do his best for you. That's what God wants for you. God wants, God, okay, here's what it, God doesn't want you in LA where you're saving a little girl's life every day. God wants you in the small town where making house calls to animals. It's simple, Josh. It's simple. It's normal. And you're going to find it. Finding normal. For all the critique I gave the Hallmark kind of movie, you know if I sat down and started watching this movie, I would be immediately sucked in. Really? Oh, yeah, man. Well, I don't know. Maybe, I guess. Oh, yeah, man. All right. All right. I'm, you ready to have your minds blown? What's up? Sappy Christian version of Cars 1. Dude, it's the exact same plot, man. It's the exact same plot. It's a girl. Okay, so city person, right? Hot shot, famous, rich. Becomes indebted to the town, right? There's all these tickets. Lightning McQueen tore up the street, right? He's got to stay in town to help rebuild or whatever. Like, make it right. Made her. And he ends up staying, right? And you have Doc, right? Who's the judge? He's everything. You have him, the wise, like seasoned guy who knows about it. Dude, I wouldn't. It would not be. It would not surprise me if the judge ends up being like a former hotshot doctor, and he, and he like. That's the plot twist, dude. You know that's in there. Like you know that movie's in there, and um, and dude, the, and then she ends up staying because she wants to stay, and she falls in love with the city guy. Lightning McQueen falls in love with that city girl or the the country girl. Yeah, man. Uh, dude, it, it, it cars won. Yeah, but doesn't doesn't he end up going back and like winning the race at the end? In cars won, is she gonna do that? Like, is she gonna become a city doctor again, or what's gonna happen? He does go end up winning the race in cars one, um, but I don't know how that's gonna happen. I mean, I'm I sure. Totally she, agree with you. <clears throat> there's there's like an epidemic or something, and she's like, I gotta go. I'm gonna get back to the city. Nah, but I'll be back. I'll be back. And because she goes be better because yeah. because here, here's the thing: uh, Southern culture is more godly than city culture. Simple, That's- simple, quote unquote, simple is more. I mean, you ask like how they got her to stay there and everything, but like, I mean, think about our own experience. We went to college in the middle of nowhere, in a place that was extremely hard to live. And that's because, well, first, I went there because they had a really good, I believe, a really good staff of people that were teaching the Bible. That's why I was there. But, you know, from our, for at least for me and Josh's church background, it was seen as the holier ground to go to a school that was in the middle of nowhere. Oh, yeah. It was seen as admirable, as more godly. You know, if you went to Bob Jones, at least they're like a gated community, so you're going to be okay. But you go to you go to a school out in the middle of nowhere, man, and for sure you're not going to fall into the sins of the world, man. Dude, this is why I'm saying this is why I'm, I'm this is why I'm always going back to Niebuhr, like Richard Niebuhr. His book Christ and Culture is is my main objection to this movie and to that philosophy. <clears throat> It's not like it's not like Jesus doesn't exist in the city. And Jesus only exists in small rural town away from the city. 
Yeah. Like, Christ is transforming culture. Christ is not anti-culture. Yeah. That's where this movie messes up. Here's the thing. If, if she was a big, a big city doctor, quote unquote, air quote, big city doctor, saving one person's life every day in LA, and she was doing it for the glory of God, God would be really pleased by that. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I think the deeper philosophy, the, out, the outward corrupts the inward. Or yes. the outward improves the inward, right? And I would like to say that there, that there is validity to that. There is validity to that, but, but it's like taking one verse from Proverbs and saying that this is the old, like this is the most important thing. And this is the only thing that can make your life trash. The difference is the difference. Proverbs says no. There's all these things. There's not just one thing that corrupts you. So yes, that's something that can happen, but that's not the only thing that corrupts you. And like, you know, like I don't know if that makes any sense. Actually, I would. Yeah, I would say though that the difference is, is that Proverbs is teaching that outward. Outward things can influence you. Yes, that's this true. Movie, this movie is teaching if you take the city girl and put her in the country, mm-hmm. she will become <clears throat> what she needs to be. If you take the country girl and you put her in the city, she will become corrupt. It's It ends up being Gnostic. It's like the village is, is what it is. Yeah. I need to escape uh, the city, and I need to go back to a simpler time and a simpler place where people love God and I can I, like the only people around me are people just like me, but you know what? In my Shaman made a better movie than finding normal. Yeah. But my Shaman also showed that that's broken. Exactly. That's why Shaman says, because in the village Shaman says sin doesn't lie in the culture. It lies inside of you and murder and deception happen. Even when you leave the big city and you go back to a simpler time in a simpler place. Yep. Yeah. I would argue that Cars 1 is better than this movie. Why is Cars 1 better? Because it's funnier. (laughs) (laughs) I want to know. Here's what I want to know. Why can't Christians make good movies? That's a good question, man. Because I think it has to do with education, Josh. You think so? Oh, yeah. Because think about this. 14, 15-year-old kid shooting movies on his camera at home loves like writing scripts they're not good he's just a kid but what do you think where do you think his parents are going to send him when he says i want to study film not i don't know what they teach you now but i remember growing up when i went to camp there and they and i got a full exposure of what they would teach you in the arts community then maybe it's different now but it would be that same censored you know it's 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 lying it's portray a version of life that how the way we would want it to be, not the way it actually is. Yeah, I think with especially with the creation mandate, show dominion over the earth. Christians of all people have the best reason to make good art and to make good movies. And it's just a shame that we don't. Just saying that the Christian worldview not not only gives the best reason to make art, but Gives the only like real reason to, to do it well in the first place. That's a segue into, into the gospel with artists. Yeah, with artists who are not I mean, believers. I love art that represents life the way we wish it could be. I really do. I enjoy it. I'm a very emotional person, so I'm very easily taken in by that. But I also love art that portrays life the way it really is. And 
in our Christian culture, we tell Christians that they can't do that. Because it's still sin, they can't do that. It's not good because it shows you that life can be good without God. And, and heaven can be achieved on earth. And that's what that, that's what that uh, finding normal does. Like it, it removes the need, like while those people are Christians that she finds in the country, it removes the need for Jesus to come back and make things right again. Which is what a show that portrays, like if you watch a show or a movie that portrays life like it really is, now all of a sudden you need the gospel and you need Jesus, which is why that's a better way for Christians to make art. All right, here's a question for you guys, all right? This is going to be a tough one. You have to pick one, okay? Pick one. You love doing that. Yeah, I do. You can watch a VidAngel edited version of Goodfellas or an unedited version of Finding Normal. Oh. Which do you watch? Why do I have to pick one, Alex? I have to pick one, dude. You it's edit Goodfellas, show. you miss so many important things. Dude, I'm just, I, I just want to go to, I, I think I just turn in early, go to bed. No, you have to pick one. I'm making you pick one. Oh my gosh. I would watch, I would watch the, uh, I would watch Normal. Finding Normal unedited. I would too. Boys, we have, we have gone through some stuff here. We have, we have, we, I promised a chock full episode. And I believe that that has been delivered. Uh, but for now, I think it would be good uh, to sign off. Um, so I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and give it the old patented sign off. Good night and good luck. You think you're pretty smart, aren't you? About average for a city girl.